Welcome to the Run Strong Podcast, episode 45. Hello, Rob Jones. Hello, Thomas Walker. You are in the brand new Inner Fight Gym. I am, actually. I just had to kick Marcus Smith out of his podcast so I could get in here. <laughs> oh, how do you take that? He was fine with it. He's, he's, he didn't let me use any of his podcasting equipment, though, so I'm sitting here on Zoom again. Zoom is officially my favorite way to podcast, I've got to say. <laughs> It's like you don't want to be in the same room with me. There's that. And then there's also the fact that I don't have to mess around with wires. I don't have to tune audio, get my degree in audio technology. <laughs> I can just plug my laptop up, get my headphones in and talk. To be fair, right now in front of me, I'm staring at a cupboard of podcasting equipment versus one set of headphones and the internet. It's very interesting, isn't it? So many good things came out of lockdown. <laughs> How are you, mate? What's going um, on? Not much. We just had our meeting and then you left. And then now you're at home, I'm in the gym and we're podcasting. <laughs> you saw me about 20 minutes ago, mate. <laughs> I did. I did a, what did I do? Presented on organizing your time and your life and then swiftly left as I had other things to get done. And if I stay as in that coach's room... I will be distracted completely. As per your calendar. Well, yeah, I had to leave and do work outside of the meeting room yeah. because there was not a lot of productivity going on. <laughs> not at all. No, but we should, uh, yeah, I'm in the new gym. Obviously, the new gym is and looks fantastic. It's going to be a hub of fitness. Yes. Long time coming, and it's so good to finally see it and have it there. Definitely. And, uh, and watch. We now run... Track Tuesday from there, which is pretty cool. Um, and yeah, it's just such a nice place to have our like clubhouse back, isn't it? That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a clubhouse. Exactly right. Yeah. And you know, the amount of people that came in after track, um, just even to use the gym, to pop their head in that hadn't been in, to do maybe some core work or some mobility work post-session is really good as well. So it's going to be, as I think the weather cools down, there's going to be more and more people coming in and it's going to be, it's going to be a huge buzz whole day in the place isn't there it's gonna it be is. yeah I mean, especially when the cafe when the cafe opens there's gonna be some definitely serious socializing there yeah and actually we've uh, we've discovered quite a few new well i say new they're not new but they've always been there some fantastic running routes from the gym as a starting point yes yes we went exploring on saturday been, didn't we been exploring and we went exploring last tuesday as well the amount of people actually that messaged me after and said, I know exactly where that is. You're, you're close to my house. Weird. Yeah. It's, not, it's not as secret as you think. Nah, it's not. It's a secret to me for a long time, I think. And everyone else knew what was going on and I had no idea. And then when I finally <laughs> found it, I got so excited. The most efficient way to leave JBC. <laughs> <laughs> Last week, we had the show on Into the Light, which was the Inner Fight show as well. So we didn't actually get any live updates from us, but we had the Run for Rivs uh, on run, run on Thursday, which is part of mm. our coffee run. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about that, mate, and, and who Tommy Rivs is? Yeah, he's an, uh, an American, well, he's an ultra runner, marathon runner, all around nice guy, raises lots of money for charity. He's a really big uh, figure on social media always spouting positivity, puts out really good content and does a lot for his community. 
um, locally and worldwide. Married with three kids. Um, I think he's got, he's, wasn't he qualifying for the American Olympic team? That was where he was getting up to. Trying, yeah. yeah. Trying to. I think he's got a 218 marathon. Um, last time it was raced. Um, anyway, he was out in Colorado uh, doing a photo shoot for his sponsor's craft and just finished his run, felt a little bit ill, so uh, had a sleep after his run, which apparently is very out of character. Got worse and worse. They thought it was maybe COVID. They thought it was maybe pneumonia. And after about a week of testing, came back that he had a very aggressive and rare form of lung cancer. Mm. So it was induced in a coma. Um, and has been in the hospital ever since, really. Um, so the, the run was really as a, a community support run for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, raise awareness, really. It was, and I think in true, true Tommy Riv style, it was absolute chaos, wasn't it? I mean, originally, originally <laughs> I had programmed a 10K time trial. <laughs> it doesn't seem like much to people, but if you're, if you're locally based... On Thursday, the humidity was, I think, at about 90% when we started. And it was, feels like, in inverted air commas, I think 54 degrees Celsius when we started this. It says wind chill. <laughs> it shouldn't be allowed to be a phrase here. There's no wind chill. Um, no. So, yeah, we cut that down to 40 minutes for safety. But even at that, two coaches were on the brink of, well, one collapsed. <laughs> and you were not in a good spot either, were you? I was in real trouble, mate. Jesus. <laughs> we, we changed it the night before, didn't we? We said, yeah. let's do 20 out, 20 back. And uh, I was pretty cooked, I think, starting. I'd had a tough mm. day the day before. And we set off and you were with us, you, we, you and I we, and Marcus. We, we set off at, I think, 4.15s, 4.20s. And I dropped that down to 4.30. And you guys kept on sort of about 5, 10 seconds per K faster. And made yeah. fun of me for not keeping up. <laughs> yeah, outstanding. And, <laughs> and then I never saw you again after that. I thought, oh, they're going to get me on the return leg. They're going to get me. They're going to get me. <sighs> I had to wait half an hour for you to finish. Mate, I, I still am piecing together what happened. I, I, looked, I remember looking at my watch at 16 minutes. And it was like my world was just slowly collapsing in. Um, <laughs> I didn't, want to, I didn't want to go a step further at 16 minutes. I was just on Marcus's heels. He was setting the pace. And, and I've, I don't know. I, just, I, was, I mean, I left you happy, smiling, felt, felt great. And then took 16 minutes and I was just completely in the bin. Yeah. And, and at halfway, we went to turn. And I didn't want to say anything to him. I was just going to let him turn and, and run back. And I was just going to slope off to a water cooler. And I turned. I, was, I dropped about five meters behind him and as he turned I just carried on running towards the water cooler and then he was like oh what's he doing and then followed me over and, and he's like you know you're right and and I was I wasn't but you don't say that right so I was like I just need water and I think he thought I just needed like a quick drink I stood there for about five minutes just emptying water on my head trying to cool down yeah and then we turned to run back <clears throat> and I started to run and it's a weird feeling when your legs aren't with you like my upper body was like seemed different to my lower body and my legs were like running off and my upper body was staying still and I, I was just like I'm not in a good shape at all so then we ran I think maybe another k or so mm. super slow 
and we got to the next water cooler. I tried to cool down again there, and then I, I just couldn't, couldn't get going. I tried to run again. It wasn't happening. And then my heart rate felt like it was at 180 beats walking. I couldn't get a full breath in or out. And there was not a lick of wind. So there's just no let up no. of anything. And we, well, I walked back the whole way. And at one point I was under a hot shower. I don't know how that happened. I was just following Marcus. I remember just looking at his feet, his heels, and just, and just following them. And then he was like, get into the shower. And it was boiling hot. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what is he doing? And then I came out of that. And then he handed me two freezing cold bottles of water, which I had no idea where he got from. And it turned out he'd, because neither of us had money on us, he'd given his sunglasses as like a deposit payment to this <laughs> drink stall for, for two bottles of ice cold water. A pair of 200 pound Oakley's. Yeah. For two Durham water. Yeah. And then like that luckily pulled me around. And then it was literally like an ultra mate. I was going into like the checkpoints, if you like, which was the mm. water coolers. He was taking bottles off me, refilling them, giving them back to me. And then I was just pouring them over my head or trying to drink them. And then the next thing I know, I had two more full ones. I mean, it was full service. I got to say, Tim, it was, it was full service all the way back. But I was, I was just destroyed, mate. I can't remember the last time I got into that sort of state. I'm trying to think when it was. Not since it, Oman. Oman 70.3, I got into that sort of state. Mm. But I, came, I got out of it because it wasn't as hot. But this time around... It Isn't it interesting you, you were able to that state in just 15 minutes? Yeah. Yeah. Took me no time at all. Yeah. And I was dribbling. I was still... I didn't realise, but I sat in the surf house afterwards, tried, like eating breakfast, which wasn't easy. But, and I was still dribbling. And they were like, you're still dribbling, mate? I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> Like my whole arms, my mouth was like tingling, like numbness. <laughs> it was nuts. Oh my goodness. And what happened to Jess? Jess? Jess buried herself so fast. When she got back to her car to try and get her water out, she dropped her keys in between the bonnet and the yeah. windscreen wipers and was so upset that just sent her heart rate too high and she fell asleep, like collapsed on the floor right there at the car. She fainted, yeah. I nearly did. I nearly did. I got back to the car, got given a bottle of water, and then I thought it was a good idea to kind of like sort of lean forward. I wanted to try and rest. And as soon as I stood back up, like, you know, when like you start to faint, it just starts to narrow in from the corner of your eyes. Um, I just, that just started to happen. And next thing I knew, I was being propped up by Skinny. And then he sat well, me down on, on a curb. Of all the people you want to try and prop you up, Skinny is not the <laughs> Yeah. I remember standing up and then next thing I knew was he was just popping me down on a curb. I was like, oh, sweet. Oh, my goodness. You know, I looked through training peaks of pretty much everyone who was there that day. And there was a lot of walk runs that happened in that 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. chaos. <clears throat> but I think but, it was, uh, yeah, in true Tommy spirit, everyone put yeah. themselves into some pain kids that day. Yeah, yeah. It's always an interesting time when you get to that sort of, when you're in that heat, you can't predict anything that's going to happen other than you're going to suffer. It's just mm -hmm. how hard are you going to suffer? And I think there's just been a heat wave in the UK, hasn't there? But I don't think they truly understand what, what that sort of heat feels like. I don't even think it's the heat. It's more the, it's the humidity that gets you, isn't it? The heat's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's the, it's the humidity of the heat but it, it, it is just like nothing else. 
because you can't cool because it's so that you're so saturated with sweat but it's got nowhere to go because there's no breeze it's like being in a steam room you just can't get yourself cool no matter how efficient you are at cooling it doesn't matter because it's got nowhere to go so okay let's let's take this aside because there's going to be lots of other people that are right in hot countries at the minute where the temperatures are boiling that's where quite a lot of our listeners are from if you were in the same scenario again and you had that session planned what would you do how would you tackle it i'd do exactly the same again mate (laughs) (laughs) what's the sensible answer to people ah well you're probably more qualified to answer that because you actually did it you backed off yeah a little bit yeah and i was able to live live the rest of that day (laughs) i think i probably would have pre-cooled a bit more Mm. um because the day before I'd done a ride in the morning and then I'd swam at midday outside pool for like an hour and a bit. So, and, I, and it was a hard set. So I was definitely coming into it with a bit of dehydration and, and heat exhaustion mm-hmm. already. So probably, yeah. Uh, you like, cause we did a 20 minute warm up, didn't we? And then I didn't have any water between the warm up and the, and the TT. So yeah probably having some sort of cooler there with ice and everything we say anyway, right? Ice bottle ready. I don't know why I was just a, a bit blase about it. I was like, yeah, I'll warm up and then off we go and, and off we went. I didn't even think I should probably get a drink before we start. So uh, yeah, I changed that. But in terms of pacing, exactly the same, mate. Go till you blow and then you get, <laughs> get a good bit of fun out of it. And some days it works and some days it doesn't. Yeah, I had my own little adventure on a Thursday morning without having to go anywhere. Free holiday. Yeah. Oh, so uh, the other thing that's happened is Ladies Run Club is officially yeah a go. It's kicked off this morning, didn't it? Was it this kicked morning? Off. Yeah, the first session. This morning's Monday. This morning's we, Monday. This goes out on a Wednesday, as always. We're confusing people. But yes, it kicked off on Monday the 24th, which was two days ago. Mm-hmm. listening to this, but it was actually today. Inception. And uh, yeah, Steph, our new run coach, who was on the podcast two episodes ago, if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen. And uh, we've, well, it was a full maximum of 10 to each session, obviously with COVID guidelines. And it was uh, a full run this morning. She'll do another one now on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she'll run this for the next four to eight weeks and people can, can sign on for four to eight weeks as they go. And it's uh, a ladies run club designed, obviously, ladies only. And there's two run sessions a week. And you also get those run sessions over on a PDF. And it's a much lower price point than our one-to-one individual coaching because you don't get that individuality of training peaks, feedback, all of that. But it's a great way to get introduced into running for ladies who don't want to come into a, a big group with maybe some blokes in or a mix of other people. Yeah, it's the same as start to run, really, isn't it, mate? But on a yeah. on a so ladies only platform. Yeah. And you've got the the coach. It's two runs a week, and you've got the coach. Whereas the start to run is it's more individual. There's a, a sense of um, if you like self management. Let's say with the start to run. So I give you the tools. We have the support group, but effectively you can plan the runs into your own calendar. Whereas the yeah. ladies run, you've got the coaching support there. Um, to help you with those runs. And obviously it's ladies only. 
It is only. And yeah, yeah well, we got such a good response to it. Yeah. It's really great to see it. And if you are interested, you need to give Steph an email, sh at innerfight.com. It's 495 for four weeks. Yeah. Um, so you, you get, I think it's such good value for money. You get two run sessions plus working with Steph as your coach on each run session. And if you can't make those run sessions, you still get the session to complete on your own. Four weeks worth at 495. Hang on, isn't it? Yeah, that's like eight coach sessions for 495. Unbelievable. I actually talked about it. I think we should restructure the pricing. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's it's very good value. We want to hit that, you know, real, we want to help people get into running. So this is how we how we do it and, and how it's, it's proving to be working because mate, your start to run program is still flourishing, isn't it? People are yeah. just getting better and better. I've seen um, people send me their progress pictures because I, you know, out of curiosity, I want to know what your starting point was. I want to know how you're feeling. I want to know, you know, it's not just running, is it? It's sort of, it falls over into all elements of life, into confidence, into weight loss, into sleep, into how you are throughout the day at work or with your kids or with your wife or, boyfriend girlfriend whatever and it's just amazing some of the stuff like we've had sam on the podcast he was on marcus's podcast if you haven't listened to that you need to go listen to that and he talks about his journey we uh we read out one of the what john sent us you know his journey and how start to run has helped him and we've got dozens of stories like that just from this one program which is ultimately why we set it up it's so powerful running can really change your life Really, really, it is. What else is happening? Races. Should we races? This is the the title of the show. Is are you ready (laughs) to race again? Because they're coming. Apparently, races are coming back. Are you ready to race? How do you feel? Am I ready to race? Are you ready to race? Hell no. (laughs) Um. Way podcast off race over. shape. Podcast over, done. <laughs> no, but this is exciting because there are races, actually races have already started. There's been some, um, one of my clients sent me a picture of him. It was one of the start to runners actually. He was in Yaz Mall in Abu Dhabi doing a 10K run. That's called Car 4 Shop now. <laughs> as quickly as possible for sure yeah so races have started um urban ultra have released some dates for some of their races they've got a night rebel they've got the sana 21 they've got the sana 60 um they're looking further ahead with their cycling events as well the coast to coast what else has been released um Abu we're going to a, yeah we're going to a half marathon there's a half yes. the festival city half marathon has released a date and yeah. um, Lots going yeah. on. And it's all actually, they're filling up as well. They're, this is the thing. People have been so cooped up and nobody has had any races to do. All these races, as soon as they go online, are being gone. Gone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to chat through a little bit about what to expect, what you need to try and remember, what, you're gonna, what might change in your training. Um, how you should be approaching the start line, how you should be approaching your expectations of the race, what you might have to do with your pacing, um, and basically just try and help you to provoke some thoughts around when you are going back to racing, what, what you are, are you ready to, to do it again? So, mate, let's, let's say we're now seeing a lot of races come open again. I'm getting this with my clients. I'm sure you are as well. 
they they want to do everything. <laughs> it's like when lockdown happened and we started doing some strength work and then there was strength and then there was conditioning and then there was stairs and challenges. Same thing, wasn't it? Everybody wanted to do everything. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you saying to people who, who are telling you they want to do this race, that race, everything under the sun? Well, do you know what? Actually, quite a lot of my guys, because we, we kind of had determined goals already and most of them know what their goals are. And so some of them want to race, not to go full smash, but just to be at a race and be at an event yeah. and use it as a stepping stone to their big goals. Because obviously I have quite a lot of ultra clients that have huge goals that are maybe, they're not happening yet, so they're postponed. So they're using our endurance camps, they're using some of the things that we're planning as their, their training. And then their goal, the, you know, these races are just sort of interim events to use to test nutrition, to test fueling, to test kit, to test race paces. Um, so they're more like that sort of setting. There's not many that are going to go in and try and full smash PB these events. Yeah. The ones that are, have sort of been building up to the start of this race season anyway. So yeah. they're getting ready. Yeah. I wrote an article about what to do with race fitness when there's no races. Came out hmm. a few weeks ago. And it's probably bad timing now because there are becoming races again. But it's basically like you get to a point where you're race fit and then you either decide that you're going to try and use that fitness to set a personal best. You're going to use that fitness to, um, sorry, fitness to set a personal best. Use the fitness to just have a great, like one great weekend and then hmm. should rest after it or you just revert back to going into your base phase and building a better base off it. So if you're going to set a personal best, you've got to be okay with resting afterwards. If you're going to go for like just smashing your mates up on the weekend, then you've got to be, you know, commit to some recovery time after that as well. But if you're not ready for recovery time, you go back into your base phase. A lot of my guys decide, you know, they, they want to go back into base phase or they want to set personal bests. Mm. And now this has come along and it's kind of like, oh no, I've gone back into my base phase. Am I going to be race ready? And it, it's because it is a different type of, of fitness for it. And so I, I've sort of similar to you, mate, it's just said, well, you can still do races, but we just see them as a, a nice way to break up a training weekend or something to target like a, a focused, a different route. Like the urban ultra stuff is out on the, mainly the trails, isn't it? So it's like, yeah, you don't have to run on the beach track this weekend. We can go and race that. The DFC will be a big team event for us. So that'll be a nice chance for everyone just to have a nice, like long run together. Other people are like, this is it. I'm ready to go. I want to set a PB. And for those people, it's like, okay, that's fine. But we're going to have to change quite a lot of training between now and then to get yourself into race ready because race base fitness is a little bit different to race fitness prepared. Mm. prepared mate yeah so what what are differences are you gonna see with your guys who want to race versus the guys who are going to do them as training weekends how are you gonna what what are you looking forward to see a little bit of a difference in in those guys so most of the guys the guys that are going for pbs obviously have time commitments or time goals that they need to hit and because it's been summer and it's been superbly hot, we know nobody is hitting those target race paces. It's just, it's unfathomable to try and hit PB race paces in this heat. So um, 
obviously the races and the events that we're looking at are not until October, so it will be cooler. So there's quite a lot of training that's going on then indoors or bringing some sessions indoors to try and target that, that pace and get the speed in the legs for more sustained efforts. Um, and try again, get shorter efforts outside, but at targeted paces as opposed to just running on feel. Um, Fortunately, the races that are coming up so far, they're only sort of half marathon distance, nothing that's super, super long. Um, and anything that is super long, it's more specificity. So it's getting out into those conditions. So trying to get the guys into the trails to do that, they have to go out super early morning. So it's not too hot. Then the impact yeah. happens there for sleep and things, doesn't it? Yeah. That's the thing with a race prep is you, you go looking for a lot more quality in your sessions and out here at the moment, if you're in Dubai, if you want quality, you have to get into the cooler. You have to get indoors. You have to get on the treadmill. Um, it's fine if you're in a base phase because generally exercising in the heat, if you're recovering well and rehydrating properly, you're getting a better global um, boost to your endurance. Mm -hmm. But as you said, mate, if you're trying to hit your 10K paces outside now, not a uh, hope. So when you suddenly turn up on a start line and you want to go run at your best 10K pace, things are either going to go pop, tear, or you're just going <laughs> to completely melt into the tarback. And this is what people need to consider as well. You know, if you're going to race, if your PB races, let's say, for example, set in Rack Half Marathon, which is a superbly flat race, it's in February. Last year, the conditions could not have been any better. Trying to race in October, coming out of a summer block, not optimal. So it's going to be very hard to get a PB. I mean, granted, obviously, there's lots of factors that would affect that, depending on your condition that you raced in in February, but... The majority of people are not going to set PVs at this first half marathon. No. So how would you, if someone does want to race, mate, how, how, would they, how should they approach it mentally if they're going to go to this race and, and try and give it their best? It's, very, oh, it's an interesting one. It depends on what they've done. It depends on their race history. So I've got some guys that will go and they will run their fastest half marathon at this race. But their previous race history is not very long and they maybe haven't been coached. They've just got to run a half marathon for fun. Now we've gone through a good training block. They're much fitter than their starting point. So this would be a good opportunity for them to race it. Some of these guys I've had do very long blocks in the summer to be exposed to that heat and to see what it feels like to run slower for a long period of time. So they've had that mental element in there. They know what it's like to, to suffer, <laughs> just not at speed. So we're just trying to build a bit more speed into their programs. Mm. I think also having the awareness of what other people around you are going to do, maybe mm. people who aren't coached or people who, who maybe are coached, but aren't understanding the difference between racing and October temperatures to the normal winter ones, people are going to fly off the start line. And I think mentally you have to be ready to just approach the run as a build, a building tempo run, if you like. So, Start slow, finish fast. If you try and go off and chase heels, it always happens the, the start of any season or the first race of any season, everyone looks amazing and feels their best. And at least 50% of the front pack will blow up and get shot out of the back because they're trying to keep up with the, with the guys and they think, oh, I feel amazing. And it's like, yeah, but you're running like 15, 20 seconds per K faster than what you can hold. You just feel amazing because you're finally in a race. You've got adrenaline going. You feel really pumped up. And next thing, you're completely spat out the back. It happened to me last year. First race of the season was a 10K. 
run race. I ran on the heels of the front two for the first, I think, four Ks. And we averaged 320 per K pace. And I was like, I'll be fine. I won't look at my watch. <laughs> and then next thing, I was like, are we running up a hill? <laughs> it couldn't have been more of a flat course. But my legs just completely died on me. And I jogged it back home. And I was like, what a great lesson that was today. You know, felt it, happened to be, it happened to be on Thursday trying to keep up with you and Marcus. <laughs> yeah. But again, yeah. I, like, so, you know, we all started together. And granted, you two were winding me up going, ha, let's go, let's go, let's go. And, I, did, and I, didn't, I didn't give in. I mean, it's not sandbagging if you two are just quicker. No, you sandbagged in the week, which is why you're getting abuse. <laughs> sandbagged is on Tuesday. Anyway, I think having the expectation yeah. that you're going you're gonna to start a little bit slower maybe than what you're used to or than what you'd mm -hmm. like to, but then if you feel good in the last half, then awesome, you can build it and you can finish finish a bit stronger you also got to remember if you are in temperatures like here in dubai even in a 10k race which is like maybe for the the quicker guys mid 30 minutes for the slower guys up to an hour an hour 10 the temperature can go up by two three degrees in that time Definitely. so you you are then going to have to deal with that temperature rise as your as the sun starts to come up so there's a lot i think with because you've not had that practice race as you would in a normal season maybe because we didn't know that these were coming and now they've been launched we're sort of going at it it's kind of like you've not had a had much practice on the pacing side of things so you're gonna have to just trust your watch or trust your your timing and your distance that you are running at the right pace for what your fitness level is right now and this is where like you could almost say as well probably the best for the first race back to go on feel and maybe not look at paces if you've not been running so much to pace over the summer and you're not going to start for people that maybe don't have a coach or don't have people looking at their their training and they're doing it off their own off their own back start that first race on field so start like you say start easy and if you feel good push a little bit harder but not too hard don't care about what everybody else is doing because you know it's like there are quick people super quick people who will stand right at the back and run through everybody because that's what yeah. they like to do and there's also slow people that will start at the front and fall back through everybody. So just don't care what about everyone else is. Just worry about yourself, how you're feeling. If you feel good, push a little bit harder. If you don't feel good, slow down a bit. So that actually brings me to my next point, mate, which is to have a little bit of patience for other people around you and, more importantly, for the race organizers because it's going to be their first time putting a race on for... A long time definitely six months yeah maybe more and they're gonna have a lot of regulations to hit they're gonna have a lot of new rules there's gonna be a, a fair bit of waiting i'd imagine you know take your mask on i've saw a few races that have gone on last weekend you've got your mask on right up to the start line and then you can take it off once you start because obviously it's mm -hmm. intensive exercise but i think we're we tend to be in a sort of a rushed mindset don't we at the start of races and if people are trying to keep us safe and, and other people around them safe they don't care how much you want to start or where you want to start they care about keeping everyone safe and i think that needs to be a real theme for people to think about others a little bit more than themselves just on that race morning definitely and i would allow, allow a little bit more time to do everything so get there a little bit earlier than you used to 
know, yeah, like you say, no, there's probably going to be some waiting around in some points. There's going to be some pinch points. There's going to be people there that don't want to be close to people. <laughs> like if you're happy being next to people, great, but other people aren't. So yeah, be, be a bit more aware of others' feelings really, isn't it? We're getting soft, mate. <laughs> I wonder, are they going to do staggered starts? How's that going to work, I wonder? From what I hear, I saw a few clients in the UK who were racing triathlons last weekend, mm. and they, you go off on your own in like one-minute intervals or 30-second intervals. And so you, you're just starting in smaller groups, pens, and off you go, and then the next one goes after that. And it, you kind of lose that racing element of like, you know who's first, second, third, that sort of thing. Mm. But to be honest, like Ironman races are like that. You go off in pens and your, your time starts once you cross the start line, not when the gun goes. And you're never really sure where you finished until at the end when they're showing the time. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not an unusual race format. It's just like stuff like running races is normally when the gun goes, isn't it? But now it'll just be more of a time trial. So, yeah, it's, it takes away that element of drafting and running as a pack and that pack mentality of supporting each other, which is... True. You see it races. It's quite fun. Yeah, true. So I think we, we hopefully you can get a lot of questions around racing or returning to racing. So please send those in. Um, you can send them in via email to us, endurance at innerfight.com, or you can send them in over the Instagram, Rob Jones Endurance or Tom Walker Fitness. Next up today, mate, we wanted to talk about is a topic we love. <laughs> <laughs> when I got the, uh, the notification for the topic for today, I, it was in bold capitals. <laughs> I could see the anger as you typed it. It's, uh, and it actually probably ties in quite nicely with, with returning to racing because you might have to change some nutrition. You might want to lose a little bit of fat before you go into a race, but you also want to make sure that you are able to go full gas when you need to. And we've had a latest study which is actually a repeat of another study mm. around low carb, high fat diets. Now this it's is got, a, go on. It's got the coolest name of a study I think I've ever heard. The supernova study. Supernova and then supernova 2.0. Supernova 2.0. And what's good mate about this from a starting point, mm. um, because I've read a lot of low carb, high fat studies is this study is a genuine low carb study. So it's less than 50 grams of carbohydrates per day. It pains me to say, mate, can you imagine that? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's two bananas. But yeah, in a day. I love carbohydrate. <laughs> I, could I could literally eat a whole plate of potatoes. No problems. I've seen you do it. <laughs> I've seen you do it. Rice, not so much, but potato. I just love potato. It's such an honest food. Anyway, yes, so they um, were 75% fat, or the diet, or the study had at least 75% fat, didn't it? And then less than 50 grams a day of carbohydrates, which is two bananas. Um, it was a really interesting study. I liked the fact that because so many people called it out, um, and the results were so controversial, they went and said, well, do you know what? We'll go and do the study again, but all your concerns, we'll address them and make the study even better so you can't mm. pick holes in it. Yeah. And the results came back the same. Yeah. The only way it could be even better again is if a different research group 
mm. um, redid the study. But they, they made a few adjustments, like they, they made sure that all participants were in the same group this time instead of splitting the groups at different points of the year because they said that might, that might change things. So they accounted for that and they did something else. They, they did an extra test two weeks, three weeks right. after, didn't they? Three weeks after because some people said, oh, you don't see the effects until later down after you finish the diet. And Anyway, so three weeks on 75% fat and less than 50 grams of carbs per day. Now, one thing with diet studies we always, always have to remember is it is only as accurate as the compliance of the um, athletes. That's very hard to get right. Mm. You know, we all hopefully know, listen to this podcast, what it's like to go out and exercise and then afterwards want to eat your fridge. Imagine only being told you can have some avocados and nuts and, a steak. Know, a steak, yeah. Um, so we don't know quite what happened there, but I mean, if you look at the results, it, it seems that they, they did stick to the, the higher fat diet because one of the results, which is really expected, and it happened in both the study one and two, is um, the athletes got better at burning fat. Yeah. Which is expected. You will burn the fuel that you put in. It was, um, I think it was double, it went up to either triple your max rate of fat burning capacity. Yeah. So there's no disputing that a high fat diet enables you to use fat as fuel more efficiently than a carbohydrate higher diet. However, the constant argument between the low carbers and the high fatters, is that right? Low no. carbers and the high carbers. That's it. Between the carbonaras and your zucchini pastas is that there is, is around performance so people can high fat diets are very good for like um disorders some diseases they do have a place and you know ketogenic diet is, is what we should call it and it's definitely a, it has a place but one thing and, and i'll happily say this it doesn't have a place in is sport performance mm-hmm because of the way we are built as humans, we need carbohydrates when it comes to hard explosive exercise movements. And this study really shows that. So the, the low carb, high fat dieters, the ketogenic, when they got onto it, they, they, what they found, or the nice way of putting it was, they almost became too dependent on oxygen for their own good. Mm-hmm. So they actually became less efficient um, this, these guys were speed walkers, mm. slow runners. Speed walking is a weird sport, isn't it? Mate, do you know what? <laughs> Whilst you're talking about this, have you? I think it was Zoe Van Mill. I uh, put up some times of some speed walkers and how fast they have done, or the world records for speed walking marathons. It's yeah. nuts. It's in the two. It's in the twos, TR or something. It's Mate. nuts fast. And their hip, the state of their hips is about the state of my feet after a trail race. <laughs> well, this is it, yes. Then I went into the rabbit hole of watching the video of how can the hell can they move so oh. fast while they do the thing with their hips. And they overextend their hips to, because they have got to keep one foot on the ground. Yeah, it's, anyway. Um, yeah, so the study was looking at their race walkers and their efficiency, wasn't it? But so yes. they came up that they could double their fat burning rate at their typical race speeds but the efficiency of their or their 
yeah, their, their efficiency or walking economy, what do you call it? Running economy, let's say. Walking economy. Yeah, went down. How much? Well, they consumed, an average number, they consumed an additional 7.1% of oxygen at their approximate 20k race speed and an additional 6.2% at their 50k race speed. And so what you're, you're doing is you're, you're having to, distances. compared to the normal diet group, they're having to consume mm-hmm. 7, 7% more oxygen at their 20k race pace, whereas as someone who's on a non-ketogenic diet will consume 7% less oxygen at their 20k race pace. You obviously don't have to breathe in as much oxygen, therefore you don't have to work as hard. And what that also shows is such a higher percentage of the oxygen increase is when you then start to become more intensive, you have to find a way of getting more oxygen in, mm-hmm. which, which is going to mean you know, more breaths or, or bigger breaths, which takes up more um, energy of the body that's not going into you walking fast or, or running. So you've actually become too reliant on oxygen yes so it's almost you've it's almost a double negative and the bit the, what i liked about this study is like we say they uh they looked at the participants i think two and a half or three weeks after and they compared the high carb and the low carb group again and they did a again another 20 kilometer race and they found that the high carb group then got faster and the detrimental effects of the efficiency carried over in the low carb, high fat group. And they actually got then slower mm. after another two and a half weeks. Yeah, it's, it is, it's nothing new, but it's just a very good study of showing the, the pros and cons to ketogenic diet. And one thing the article does do really well is it says, if you're not worried about performance, Mm-hmm. you're worried about maybe fat burning or you're worried about because you have you know diseases hormonal disorders by um microbiome um deficiencies or fixes that need to happen ketogenic is all good and we've always said that like there's a time and a place for it but if you want to run fast and you want to perform well and you know you want to do any exercise fast into your maximum capability then carbohydrates are needed because of the way that our energy systems work. It's, it's pretty like, easy to understand if you understand how energy systems work and how it takes so much longer for the oxidate, oxidative system to create energy against the anaerobic and the ATP energy system, which is instant energy. So mm-hmm. if you get your head around that bit, it kind of obviously all makes sense to you, but um, it's just, I don't know what it is, mate, about it. It's, it's almost like a... You, it's a belonging group, isn't it? It's, it's, you're either high fat or you're uh, high carb. You can't just be normal. <laughs> it does, yeah, like you say, the study is very good. It just says that, that it, is, it is more suitable if you want to perform at ultra distances because generally you're racing for longer and the intensity is lower. But if you are racing all out, balls to the wall for four hours or less, you need carbohydrates in your diet if you want to perform. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well done, Professor Burke (laughs) or Burke's of the, what is it? The Australian Institute of Sport. I actually listened to a podcast with her and she's very, very knowledgeable and just talks sense. She doesn't Mm. offer anything magic. It's just pure sense, good nutrition. 
There we go. If you want to read that study, you can you can search it up, Supernova and Supernova 2.0. Yeah. It'll send you to sleep pretty soon. (laughs) As a lot of studies do. So, mate, we've got some races coming up. What else have we got coming up here at the Innerfight Endurance Clubhouse? We have our 50-50-50 event on the 1st of October. 1st of October. 1st of October. What else do we have? We finalized some uh, endurance camp dates. But we're going to keep them a secret for now, aren't we? Because you've forgotten them, haven't you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I know one is on the 11th and 12th of December. That's not far away. But I've forgotten the other one. Is that one at Jebel Jace? That is the Jebel Jace one, yes. Epic. I have a few guys who want to do an Everest that day. I've heard, I've heard. Oh, should foot. I say that, that weekend? Will they be going low carb, high fat? They'll be going full gas. <laughs> full gas. <laughs> oh, no, they, were, they weren't actually. And Everest takes some, some good pacing, as you witnessed when you supported me for mine. So. And Nick had in his uh, nutrition bag a bag of potatoes. <laughs> He did, didn't he? He was embodying the uh, all-carb diet. He did. He also and had a kind of... Starbucks stuff. every half a lap. <laughs> oh, too good. Carbs and caffeine. Yeah. Oh, mate, how, how much are you looking forward to those days of December, January, February? That weather, we can camp outside again. You can move without losing all your total body water. <laughs> The amount that I'm going through, it's just even the planning time to go for a run these days. Like, okay, litre and a half in the car, litre and a half post-run, litre and a half during run, then throughout the day, another litre and a half, electrolytes. It's just, it's an administrative nightmare. It is, it is. I I think I am. On days I'm doing double sessions, I'm hitting eight litres of water. (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous. We've already paused this podcast once for me to go to the toilet. (laughs) Feel another one coming (laughs) Oh my goodness, this is it, it's our time cap. Right, we're done. We're done. Anything else you want to add? No, it's good to be back on the airwaves, mate. I think I missed, missed this last week. We only had a week off. I know, it's just it's part of my week, I like it. <laughs> we, still need, uh, we still need guests, we still need topics, as always, and we still need reviews. So please, if you have any suggestions of any of those three guests, mm. topics, or reviews, Email them into us, endurance at innerfight.com. If you want to email us directly, Robert Jones is rj at innerfight.com. And he's also the man to email for the Start to Run program. Mm-hmm. If you want to email tw at innerfight.com. And if you want to get involved in our ladies run club, or you know of someone who wants to get involved in running and is a lady, and she can email, then she should email sh at innerfight.com. And if you want to come see us in person, we have a brand new facility waiting for you. And we are there a lot of the time to send us a message, come in, meet us, have a look at the gym. We have, what is it, mate? Like a hundred coaches now? There's two more at the meet. We need more chairs. We actually <laughs> might need to move to a bigger facility just for the coaches. Mate, we used to do coach to coach and I used to remember presenting to like four coaches. And now to this morning, what did I present to? Nearly 12 no, I, I couldn't see you. I was at the back. You're at the I mean, back of the room. Away. It's insane. And, and they're all top-notch at what yeah. they do. So come in, meet us, say hello. Um, coffee run, Thursdays, 
still down on the beach track by Sid Harris. If you also want to come along and meet us there, each coach is there or the endurance team every Thursday. That's it. Done. Easy. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Take care.